God for the parents in Gateway who allow their teens to come out every Friday. You know what? It's the best investment you can ever make. Because at one time, I was there. My mother used to pray for me. And I say, I'm going to youth group. But I wasn't in youth group. And you, hold, you know the rest of the story. But you know what? God has a way of catching up with you. And when he catch up with you, you're in a dead end. You can't go anywhere. It's time you got to raise up your hands and say, yes, Lord, I'm here. And I just want to thank God for the parents to bring them, to pick them up back. I mean, you see them. So I thank God that I have an opportunity to work with them. They are fun to work with. <laughs> they are much, much fun to work with. This young man here, I, I, I see an evangelist. I'm telling you. I prophesy on him. He, he will be an evangelist. You're going to hear his voice. He's my assistant today. Amen. So we all busy in the time of Christmas. I mean, we have less than 48 hours for the new year to come. So I want to stress a little on Christmas and what keeps us from the center of Christmas. So I just want to talk to us the difference between Santa Claus and Christmas. Who is Santa Claus to you and what is Christmas? Let me give you a little origin of Santa Claus. Santa Claus, it's a pagan myth. Some Christians tradition Santa Claus as a fictional figure. His creation is ba based on a part of a Christian man named, you know the name? Saint Nicholas of Myra. Who lived in the 4th century, Nicholas was born in a Christian parents' home who left him inheritance when they died, which distributed to the poor. He became a priest at a very young age. Nicholas passed away on December sometime around 340 to 350 AD. And then the day of his death, it became an annual feast. Because he was such a good man in the neighborhood, his parents left him inheritance and he began to take the inheritance and distribute it. He started replacing God and doing what, what Jesus came into the world to do. Let's go on. I'm not going to get sidetracked, I promise. I'll finish. I'm all about to finish. Santa is a character who is given powers belonging to God he's trying to impose God that he's omnipresent he's omnipotent and he can be here there and everywhere at the same time that's why we kept on telling our children go grab your cookies and sit next to the Christmas tree and and wait there with a glass of milk Santa is coming down the chimney that's a lie and it came right from the pit of hell. So we cause our children to believe a lie. I'm not saying it. That's the word. The real essence of Christmas is 
Christ came into the world. You know, two weeks ago, there was Santa Con in the city. And there were teenagers worldwide throughout the United States. 250 million were celebrating Santa Con. And Santa Con is, you start drinking at 5 a.m. in the morning and you finish at 8 in the night. And I was driving home and this lady was standing in front of the car drunk. And you know, I'm saying and I'm honking and, I'm, and my wife stick her head out the window. I was like, lady, move out the road, you know. <laughs> Anyways. <clears throat> Some parents introduce this story to their children. It's not true. But the sake of tradition, hear that. Because the sake of tradition, we have to lie to our children. Because maybe we were brought up the same way. Somebody told us Santa Claus is real. All right? The Apostle Paul wrote to Col the, the Colossians, lie not to one another. Colossians 3, 9. I'm going to stop there. Some will say Christ has lost in Christmas. But I oppose another question. Has Christ ever been the total center of Christmas? Or has he been an addition to Christmas? So then I oppose you with another question. Who is the center of Christmas? Is it Santa Claus? That's your answer. That, that's your question for today. I'm going to tell you something. That around Christmas time, after Christmas, is how quickly people forget about Santa Claus. They forget about him. St. Nicholas is not Santa Claus. St. Nicholas is St. Nicholas. He can be Santa Claus. But here's the problem. The reason why St. Nicholas, a.k.a. means you can be called another name, but you're the same person. You got it? The reason why St. Nicholas, a.k.a. Santa Claus, is not the focal point of my Christmas experience. As a kid growing up, I, I don't know much about Santa Claus because my mom was telling me baby Jesus was born. And this is the reason of the season. So I used to go over by my friend's house and I would sit there and they, they, they got this Santa Claus going like this, left and right, and a music playing with a gift in his hand. You know, and I, I used to wondering, like, this guy looked kind of scary, but what is the meaning of that? And then they will tell me Santa Claus is coming down the chimney, but then the house has no chimney. <laughs> so it, it gets me, you know, all confused. I was looking, where is the chimney? You know, maybe he might come, tr come through the window, which in Europe, they believe Santa is going to come through the window. You know, and we fool our children and we tell them that, you know, Santa Claus is coming to town and he's going to bring you a present if you're a good kid. He's making a list and he's checking it twice. If you, he knows if you're naughty or then you're going to get a present. If you've been a bad kid, you don't get nothing. 
Wow. It's so easy for us to be deceived by the enemy. The enemy will find a way to deceive us. If we don't know the word, if we don't stick with the word, we're going to be deceived. Amen? According to my experience, this is not my experience for Santa Claus. I am an idol of worship because there is too much consistency with him. First, his name was St. Nicholas. Secondly, his name became Sinterklaas, S-I-N-T-E-R-C-L-A-A-S, Sinterklaas. This is back in the 1800s. Then, his name became Santa Claus. Not only his name became Santa Claus, but his image has been inconsistency as well. His image changes down the line as you go. And there are children, according to history, they are looking for this man called Santa Claus, and they can't see him, they can't find him, because he always changes. That's too much inconsistency image for me. <clears throat> Amen? His image was too consistent. It's begin as, as an idol for the public and to our children. But I just want to share three points with you. Okay. Um, number one, <clears throat> he was a pagan sorcerer. Thank you, Simon. He was a pagan sorcerer. Secondly, he was a frightening node. He put on costumes. He didn't have the red and white thing that was going on now. Then he was a drugger driven on a turkey sled in Turkey. The Turkish, not, not the turkey with the wings. Ancient Turkey is Sardis. Now, it was Tur now it's Turkey. So the Turkish will, will use the slave to tra for transportation back and forth on the Black Sea. Number four, after Thomas Nash created in 1863, which is now what you see today, he is too much inconsistent to be worshipped. So the red and white guy that you see with the black boots walking around, he's not what you think. Who's watching this? I'm saying it just as it is. We got to speak the word. You speak the truth and the truth will set you free. <clears throat> I don't know about you, <laughs> All right. I don't know about you, but I'm going to tell you today, Santa Claus is too much inconsistent to be worshipped and to be a God. But my God, the Bible says he is the same 
yesterday, today, and forever. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. He never changed. You could talk to him every day of the year. <laughs> you can call on him anytime. I remember my mother used to sing a song, got me, cradled me in, the, in a chair, and she said, Jesus is on the main line. Call him up and tell him what you want. <laughs> Amen. I love that. Psalms 91 to 4, number one. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, Return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. Amen. Turn around and tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, I see him every day. Amen. Number two. Psalms 145, 1-2. Hold on, wait, not yet. Sorry, my, my, my thing. You don't hear people talk about Santa unless it's Christmas. Around Christmas time, that's when you hear people talk about Santa Claus. The whole year, he's disappeared. But my God, I talk about him every single day. Oh, how, lo how good the Lord has been good to me. Oh, oh I count his blessing. Oh, how he's been good to me and my family. How he's been good. How he has been blessing me. You can call and you can talk to him every single day. You can talk about any time of the year. Not only Christmas time. David says in Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Number three. Psalms 139, 7 to 12. Wait, wait. My, my point. Wait. <laughs> Sorry. First time. <laughs> Santa can be everywhere at the same time. He can be one place at one time with two on his lap taking a picture. Amen. Can somebody help me? But my Jesus can be here, there, and everywhere. The Bible says he's omnipresent. He is omnipresent. Psalm 145, number three. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Amen. Can somebody shout amen? amen. I just want to give, I just want to, that's just a little bit I give to you. It's so much. I, try, I make 10 pages of notes, but I cut it down to four. 
All right. I, I just want to um, mess with your theology a little about gift giving. You know that Santa Claus has gifts to give you. But I'm going to tell you something. Everything that Santa Claus gives is temporary. It has a temporary substance to it. Meaning that from time you open it, it's depreciated. But my God gives eternal gifts. Because a temporary God gives temporary gifts. But my God is eternal. He gives eternal gifts. Somebody give him a round of applause. You mind if I give you maybe two or three gifts? I don't know about you. But I don't have to depend on God to bless me with a new car. He already know that I have that. But I don't have to ask God for materialistic. But my God give me peace. He gave me a peace of mind. In spite of the situation, in spite of the circumstances, he gave me peace. Number four, Isaiah 26.3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Read it again. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Amen. Amen. Now, would you tell me you prefer a Santa Claus gift, a temporary, or you prefer peace, which is eternal? Amen. A lot of people in the world don't want that. But you know what? I'm going to go for that, man. There is peace. He don't only, only give me peace. I don't have to pray and ask him to give me something that will benefit myself. But he gave me joy. Amen. He gave me joy. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in my heart. I remember when I was in Sunday school, I sing a, we used to sing a song. There is joy, joy, joy down deep in my heart. Come on, give the Lord some praise, somebody. <laughs> Amen. James 1, 2. 1 and 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Amen. Amen. Can somebody shout amen? I love that. I love that. Because he don't, he don't only give me peace, he don't only give me joy, but he gave me grace. He gave me grace. Unmerited favor. He gave me gifts that I don't deserve. It's not temporary. It's eternal. He gave me grace. Getting what I don't deserve. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Number seven. 
For it is by grace you have been saved Amen. through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Amen. You see, but he don't only give me peace and grace and joy. He keeps on multiplying. He gives me love. Amen. Amen. And here comes the, the last one, but not least. And this one, I want you to stand together with me. And we're going to read it together. And we're going to say it like we believe it. We're going to declare it. And as we go into the new year, we're going to declare this. And we're going to take it by heart. And it's simple. It's a text from St. John, chapter 3, verse 16. And let's say it together loud so your neighbor can hear you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever... Give the Lord a round of applause. Amen. We want the world to know, and I'm going to close here. I want, we want the world to know that Jesus is the center and the main focus of this season. And as we have less than 48 or a little more over than 48 hours for this year to over, may God help us. And God is challenging us. He's challenging us for us to go into the new year. With new things in mind, with new callings, with new gifts, with, with the gifts that God had given unto us. May we use it effectively to build this body. Gateway is going to be a new beginning for next year. It's going to be a new beginning for you. It's going to be a new beginning for me. New things going to happen. Our commitment is going to be renewed. Amen. Amen.